what is a Fisher House? It's a place where families can stay close by while our military and veterans are treated for wounds and illnesses, seen or unseen, at military and VA hospitals. Because a family's love is the best medicine of all. Learn more at fisherhouse.org. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you've had an awesome start to the day. I'm a little bit late with this podcast uh, for today. I'm recording this on Friday, for Friday. Um, I like to, I tend to try to get these out like 5.30 in the morning, but it didn't happen today and that's okay. So as I mentioned earlier this week, really excited about sharing this episode with you from my seen and heard live streams. I filmed this, I think about three weeks ago. And if you want to watch the full live stream, you can do that on probably the easiest is to go on YouTube. I've got a playlist called seen and heard and you can go check it out there, but you're here and you probably prefer to listen and that's why you're here. So I just kind of turned this into a podcast as well. Uh, if you're someone who has been on shows, podcast shows before, or you've never been on podcast shows, either way, this is really going to help you. I'm going to share with you what you need to do. And I explained this in the live stream as well, but essentially this is about, if you want to get on a podcast show every week, you can do that using these tips. Um, I get on podcast shows probably about, I mean, some weeks I do like three and some weeks I do like none, but it probably averages out at about one per week. And I don't even pitch to go on shows. It's actually really amazing. Like I just get invited onto shows, which is really cool actually. And I think one, that's what happens once you get a bit of momentum. So I used to pitch, I used to proactively pitch to the media and pitch for podcast shows, but I don't do that anymore. And what's really cool if you're kind of starting out is like getting on like some small podcast shows first um, that are, the, you know, the right fit in terms of niche audience can actually be a really, really great way to then get like, you know, TV kind of appearances and other media appearances because you've got something to show and demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. So I'll talk about that in this episode as well. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to Susie Howard. Thank you so much for buying me five cups of coffee. That was so generous and kind. And also for sharing the LinkedIn marketing podcast I put out earlier this week with um, your network on LinkedIn. I really, really appreciate that, Susie. So thank you so much. Also want to thank Ana Clara. Uh, that's her first name um, from Brazil who pointed out that, so it looks like in Brazil, um, and I think this is the same for China, you can't actually access my website. So the laurencrest.com website. And it, earlier in like the first season of this podcast, I shared a bunch of work, like links to worksheets and tools that you could use um, that are on my website. So if you, I don't want people to be at a disadvantage because their country is like not letting them access the website. Um, so what you can do if that's you is send me a message on LinkedIn. This is what Anna did as well. Send me a message on LinkedIn. Let me know what's happening um, and if you can't access the website and what I'll do is I'll just email it to you instead so you can still access all of the content. It's pretty shit that some people can't access um, parts of the web. I just think that's very horrible. So if that's you, uh, get in touch with me. Let me know. I don't want you to not be able to access the tools and resources that I share on my podcast show. If you'd like a shout out on the show, um, please consider shouting me a cup of coffee on Kofi. Uh, so it's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. The link as always will be in the show notes. 
Uh, really appreciate anything you can do to support the show. If you can't afford to buy me a cup of coffee, what you can do is also rate and review the podcast. That really helps. And also share like your favorite podcast episode uh, with your friends or with your network on Facebook or LinkedIn. That would be really cool. So that really also helps to support the show. Otherwise, cup of coffee would be awesome. I'm basically trying to give you guys information that you would have to pay for. So if you're going to a coach or a consultant and you were trying to get tips to grow your brand, I'm giving you that sort of quality of information, but I'm doing it for free. So I think a cup of coffee is like a fair exchange and um, yeah, it helps to keep my caffeine addiction going. So thanks again to Susie Howard. I had a cup of coffee this morning. I'm revving to go and I really appreciate it. All right. I'll let you get on to listening to today's episode. If you haven't subscribed or followed me or whatever you do on your podcast platform, make sure you do that as well. I'll be back on Monday with another episode. I'm also thinking I might put up a special episode over the weekend from my What Science Says series. It's going to be a little bit different to the Grow Your Brand stuff, but it's kind of still related. So I'll have a think about that. Keep an eye out for that. And maybe also if you kind of like the idea of hearing some other content that's like about more about the business science stuff that I talk about, um, just let me know via Twitter. So that's at Lauren Cress 89 I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, guys, have an awesome weekend and I'll speak to you again soon. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all that interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. In fact, my daughter's wedding was just in Italy, and I took a bike ride with my son-in-law through Tuscany. Wow. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. Viator. One site, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. All right. So first, before we talk about podcasting uh, and in terms of how to become a guest, let's talk about why is it valuable to be on other people's shows in the first place. So uh, I think for a lot of us, that's that could be quite obvious. It's sort of like if you want to build your profile, you need to be on podcast shows. But I think also uh, a lot of, there's a lot of sort of underlying benefits that might not be as a parent. So there's this uh, cognitive bias called trust by association. And basically what this is about is it's about how you can build credibility by being associated with other people that people already trust. So people pay heaps of money. I can't remember exactly how much it is, um, but people pay a lot of money, for instance, to take a photo with Richard Branson. It's like, oh, wow, you got a photo with Richard Branson. That's so cool. I know who Richard Branson is. You must know what you're talking about. I trust you. So it's trust by association. And this is kind of what's happening on podcasts as well. So if the person, you know, the person who's hosting the show, 
they're basically trusted by their audience. That's why their audience listens to them. So when you're on their show, it's like people trust you as well because they're like, oh, okay, well, this person that I like has invited this other person on and if they need what you do, help with what you do, um, then they're going to ask, they're more likely to ask you because they've heard about you through someone that they trust. But also it's a really quick shortcut to looking like an expert. So uh, if you remember back on um, one of my recent live streams with my guest, Jeff, who's an expert in um, branding, he was talking about this as well, right? So everyone is calling themselves an expert, right? So how do you differentiate yourself? If everyone's saying, I'm an expert in this, I'm an expert in this. It's like, well, why are you the best expert to go to? And if you, if people kind of land on your website, they land on your LinkedIn profile, And they're like, okay, like, I can't see any recent content from you. You haven't been in the media. There's no podcasts I can listen to about you. There's no videos. It's hard for them to get familiar with you. And there's no shortcut to say like, oh, you're trustworthy. So an example of that cognitive bias shortcut, other than being on someone's show, could be like a book, you know, so lots of people have a book just to be like, I've written a book. I'm an author. I can call myself an author. People go, okay, you must know what you're talking about because you're an author. Uh, So it's the same kind of thing here. So getting on other people's shows can be really valuable. And if you're doing it for the first time, just remember like your first show doesn't have to be like, you know, one of the big names. (laughs) It doesn't have to be like a podcast that has millions of followers and millions of listeners. That's something you can work your way up to. What you probably want to do in that first sort of like if it's your first show or it's your first few shows or you kind of feel like you're still practicing is go to someone who's hosting a new show. So do your research and this is sort of like tip number one, do your research on just to choose like 10, 15, 20 podcast shows. Now what you can do on iTunes is you can actually go and look at the new and noteworthy podcasts. So that will give you an idea of who's sort of uh, new but also has quickly gotten uh, traction. If you're, uh, you know, selling to other businesses, you might want to look at like business podcast shows. So go and have a look at that. Look at what's ranking. And usually with the ranking podcasts, it will say if it's new. So it's like this is a new show and it's ranking in the top 100 for entrepreneurship or that kind of thing. So that can be a good way to understand who's getting listened to, but also who's new and being listened to. So that can be, they can be really good shows to target. Um, But also you can look at, okay, well, uh, I'm just going to look up podcasters on LinkedIn and see who's created a show in the last six months um, that's in my area. So that's a, that's sort of like a, a good way to get started if it's your first show because podcasters who do interviews are always looking for people to interview. Um, We always need a steady stream of people who are like, yes, I want to be interviewed. Now, it doesn't end there. The thing that I look for as a podcast host, and I know that, I mean, I've been invited on so many other people's shows and I don't have to pitch for shows at all. So I I don't pitch to be a guest. Um, I'm actually going on a show later today. I usually do about, I would say probably four to six guest appearances a month without trying to get them. Um, Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, just depending. Um, But I've got momentum now. So usually the trick is to kind of get those first few shows under your belt and make sure that you're really promoting 
that yourself. Um, that's going to show other podcasters that one, you've got experience podcasting and two, you're also willing to promote their show. So if you're actively promoting it, that's something podcasters will look for. So the other things that are going to pique a podcast interest is if you've won an award recently, if you're doing lots of content marketing, if you've got your own social media audience, that's really, really powerful because they're going to see that and go, oh, okay, you've got 5,000 people in your network on LinkedIn. When I do a show with you, you can promote that to your network as well, which will grow my show. So it's a win-win. Like I'll promote you to my audience, but I'm also getting promoted to your audience. And that's what a lot of podcasters are actually looking for is to grow their show amongst like-minded people. So if you don't have a following and you're not doing content marketing and you've never been on a show before and your LinkedIn profile is written up like a resume, that's going to turn podcasters off because you're not playing the content marketing game. So I have that happen quite a bit. I have, um, especially this is usually when like people booking shows contact me, they'll, they'll contact me and they'll send me like, um, you know, a PDF of someone's sort of brands. They'll go, this is this person. This is what they do. Uh, you know, could, do you want to have them on your show? And I'm like, straight away, I don't care about the PDF, straight away I'm going to their social media channels. I'm like, what are they doing on LinkedIn? Do they have a good LinkedIn profile? Uh, how often do they post? Are they pro promoting other people's content? Are they commenting on things? Like they're the things that I care about because that's actually what really matters for a show to kind of grow. Um, so that's what podcasters are looking for. So if you haven't been on a show yet, promote other types of content. Show that you're at least for a couple of weeks, make sure you're like a couple of weeks before you pitch, make sure you're actually going and posting things on social media, make sure you're tagging people, make sure you're uh, having conversations with people. By the way, if you're watching this live and you have a question for me as I'm going, um, just pop it in the comments and I'll, um, I'll answer it. But I've got lots of questions for myself. So you don't, don't feel obliged to ask me any questions, but I always love getting live questions because then I have to think on my feet, which is a little bit fun. Um, okay. So we've talked a little bit about what podcasters will look for. The other thing. So for me, if I'm kind of like, okay, I'm not really sure if this person's the right fit. The next thing I'm going to go and look at is have they, can they send me an example of a show they've been on? So it's not just have they been on the show, but can I go and listen to them talk? If I'm not feeling like, can I, have they got a YouTube channel where I can see them talking on camera? Have they got a, I want to know that they can handle themselves in an interview. So that's the next thing I'm looking for. Look, one thing you need to understand is probably like, so there's this other cognitive bias and it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And basically what it is, is you've got people who are not particularly well-versed on a subject, um, but say they've read like one book. So they've read a book about business or they've read a book about marketing and like, I know all this stuff and they're like super confident, right? But they actually don't know that much about something. They, those people who think they know a lot, but actually don't know very much can be overconfident because they, it's like this cognitive bias where they don't realize that they're actually, they don't know very much about an area. So they'll call themselves an expert. And I see 
real experts get frustrated at other people in their industry who do that because they're like, that's not even true. Or how come this person gets on there all these shows and they don't even know that much? And it's because they're super confident because they're not questioning themselves about, oh, is that really true? And do I really know that? Where often people, as they become more and more uh, well-versed in a particular subject, will actually be sort of more questioning, more skeptical, less confident because they're like, well, it's not that simple. And I don't know if I could really tell you like the five ways to market yourself. Well, I don't really know if I could do that because they actually know enough to know it's not as simple as that. And so what I have to do, my job as a podcaster is often to make sure that I'm not missing out on the people who actually really know their stuff uh, versus the people who are really confident and they'll just put up their hand. And I'm like, I don't think I could have a conversation with you for more than 10 minutes, right? So that's, I'm trying to sift through those things. So the chances are, if you're thinking, I want to be a podcast guest and I don't actually really know that much, you probably actually know quite, like you're, you're probably a better guest than a lot of people who pitch, if that makes sense, because there's that cognitive bias at play. So if you've never done it before and you're like, am I good enough to do it? Yes. If you're asking yourself that question, you probably are. It's the people who kind of go, yes, I've read a book and now I can talk about this, that I'm like, they're the people that I want to make sure, you know, I'm kind of sifting through. So if I'm looking at someone and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not sure if they really know their stuff. I'm not sure if they can, you know, have a back and forth dialogue that's going to be quite fluid and quite conversational. I'll go and listen to another podcast or go and look at that content. So you really want to make sure and like on LinkedIn, it's so easy to do this because we have those featured links now at the under our about section. So you can just put a recent, you know, video that you've done, a recent interview that you've done. Again, if you haven't done that yet, you can always just do something like this, right? Where you're presenting yourself first. Uh, so that's that's what podcasters are going to kind of look for. Um, so that's sort of like some basic things to understand about becoming a guest. So in, I guess the other thing is like, you know, how do you go and ask someone to be on their podcast show? That part's pretty simple. The big thing is, is that you just need to make sure that you know about the person's show a little bit. So if you kind of, uh, oh, I think there's a couple of comments. Sorry, I just realized. Hi, Tina. Sorry, <laughs> I had my <laughs> comments switched up. I didn't realize. And then someone said, want to come on our podcast, the Frontline Podcast. Yes, Floris. We have to, I think we need to do a swap. I would love to get you on my show and I would be honored to be on your show. I mean, you have been on my show, but I'd love to do like a live, a live chat with you. Um, sorry, I didn't see those comments, um, by the way. So hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> okay. So what was I talking about? Um, Okay, so how do you approach people? So I find LinkedIn is the is the best for me because I'm going after um, other podcasters who are talking to other businesses. So LinkedIn is a really good B2B platform. Um, you could do it on sort of any platform. Like I've been asked on shows on Facebook and that kind of thing. So you can use Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you're kind of comfortable. And really the big thing is, is also where your profile is strong. Cause that's the first thing people are going to look for. If you message them through a social media platform, that's where they're going to go. Uh, I prefer the message approach to the email approach because email for me is like the not fun stuff. <laughs> and 
<laughs> messenger is kind of fun uh yeah deal all right awesome thanks Loris. um you can do it via email as well i find that again that's what podcast bookers will do so people who are booking guests will uh send an email and they'll send a pdf and blah blah, blah. and it, to me it just feels like a lot of work where in messenger it's just really casual and that's the kind of person i am so it probably depends on the show that you're going after and that kind of thing. Some people will also actually have like, I'm looking for guests. This is how to get in touch with me if you want to be a guest on my show. Um, thanks, Anastasia. I'm glad this is helpful. Uh, and hello. Um, so when you're basically all you need to do when you're approaching someone is just don't talk about yourself first. I think a lot of people, especially if it's your first podcast or you're feeling a little bit insecure or like, oh, am I good enough to go on the show? Um, you'll try to build your credibility in the message. So you'll be like, uh, let's say someone wrote to me, right? Hi, Lauren, I'm a uh, PR expert who's been in the industry for 20 years. I founded my own business when I was 25. I'd love to be a guest on your show, right? And the problem with that is it's like, everything's like, I, I did this, I've done that, I did this. And I'm like, that's cool. But like, I get lots of people who I can talk to who have expertise. What I want to see is that you're interested in me because that to me, first impression wise, that means that you're also thinking about why my podcast show is important to me, who my audience is. You've listened to the show, those kinds of things, right? So something that you can do that's really simple is just is, is reverse it, right? So you kind of go, Hey, Lauren, love the Grow Your Brand podcast show. I just listened to your recent episode with Catherine Zaharias. It was awesome. I'm also a marketing expert and I'd love to chat, build on what you said in that discussion and talk about this. That's like pretty much guaranteed to get uh, an interview. That person who writes something like that, it's like, awesome. You've listened to my show. Um, leaving a positive like review and rating also like really great for podcasters. So like, oh, like that's like I left you a review. I really liked it. Like straight away, like that's the stuff that's going to make you stand out. So, oh, wow, like they listen to my show. They want to help build on this concept, which clearly I'm interested in and my audience is interested in. They've offered an angle, which means I have to do less work now. Um, and, you know, they've talked about what I can get from it as in, me as Lauren can get from them coming on the show. So it that's really all you have to do. Like if you send if you sent 10 podcasters a message like that and you actually did that work of you don't even have to listen to the old interview, just listen to a little bit of the interview. Um you will get on a show. You might not get on the show with millions and millions of listeners, but you will get on podcast shows and that's where that's where you need to start. So that that's sort of what you need to do. So uh, make sure that when they see that message, they're then coming to your profile and it's clear that you know what you're talking about. Those two things, you do those two things, you'll get on a show. Um, but what I want to talk about next is then how you build on that. So some people watching this might also already be like, yeah, I've been on podcast shows before, but like, you know, it might be one every six months. So what you want to think about there is how you can start to leverage what you've done. So I've mentioned making sure that you share those interviews that you've done, really promote that podcaster. So other podcasters think, oh, that's awesome. Like Anastasia posted my, uh, th that person's video and um, she shared this podcast. Um, so she's going to do the same for my show. This is awesome. That's what people want to see, right? Um, 
The other thing that you can actually do in the podcast interview, because usually you'll get time, not always, it depends on the show, especially if you go on radio. Um, So some shows are like podcasts, but they're also radio shows. Uh, I've done a lot of radio and with radio, it's kind of like, it's a 10 minute thing. If that, um, you might get two minutes to talk to the person. Um, usually you're talking to the producer, you go straight onto the interview with the interviewer. And then as soon as the interview's finished, you're back on the, sh- the phone with the producer, or if it's live, they might just hang up. <laughs> you got to like, Oh, okay. That's over. Um, so with them it's harder but if you're doing like a an interview like if you did an interview with me we chat before and after the stream right so that's an opportunity for you to say things like oh do you know any other podcasters who are looking to talk about this now for me I know heaps of podcasters um I have lots of guests who are podcasters I get invited onto lots of shows with podcasters there's like a podcasting community so you're well within your rights, especially if you've just done a show with someone, you're well within your rights to say like, do you know like a couple of people who are looking um, to, to chat with someone like me uh, and I can talk about this? And, and usually um, podcasters will be like, yeah, sure. And they might also ask you like, oh, do you know any other guests who are in this area? So it's a networking opportunity. So make sure you use that. Um, and the other thing is, is again, like that, those little things like writing a thank you note, um, reviewing the podcast, uh, you know, going, don't just reshare the post that, um, you know, is promoting the show, actually write a comment about it. I loved being on Lauren's show. It was so much fun. Sorry, I'm using myself as an example. Obviously I just mean the podcaster. I love being on this person's show. This is why, this is what we talked about go and check it out. This podcast is awesome. Like if you do stuff like that, again, other podcasters will see it. So I think that was it for what to do. I do want to talk about a few what not to do is what some, my personal pet peeves. And I think they're pet peeves of other, um, sort of like podcast etiquette, right? I'm just making sure I've answered everything. So the last thing I said is how you can use your show appearance to get another show. Oh, and the other thing is in, is then in your future messages with other podcasters, also say in your message, uh, here's a recent show I was on. Uh, you know, if it was in the last couple of weeks, you can say like, if you want to check out, you know, what I'm like in an interview, here's one I did recently. Uh, that can be That can be really good. So that's how you can kind of leverage it. Uh, And you can also use that then to get media appearances as well. So if you want to be in the media more, you want to be on TV, starting with podcasting can be great, right? Because again, you've got that sort of proof of this is what I can talk about. This is how I talk. All right. So let's get on to podcast etiquette and what not to do. All right. So this is my biggest, Floris, you said reshare does not work. Native posts are much better. I agree. Native posts are better. Um, if you have to reshare, some, sometimes I reshare, it will just depend what the content is. Make sure you put text above the post and make sure you put hashtags that have lots of followers in it. So, you know, um, and don't do like heaps of hashtags. Actually, Floris taught me this is like do three hashtags. So, um, pick hashtags that are relevant, that people are following. So if you talked about leadership, leadership is a good hashtag. It has lots of followers. Marketing big hashtag, lots of followers. Um, But agree, if you can do a native post, if the podcaster actually sends you a, um, like a video clip that you can embed yourself, even better. 
Or um, so say, for instance, I've been finding YouTube links actually get a lot more engagement now than embedded videos on LinkedIn. That's what I'm finding at the moment, just through my own data. No idea why that didn't used to happen, but that's what's happening now. So um, what you could do is go back to the YouTube version of the clip and share that in a native post. But yeah, good, great, great point, Flores. Thank you. Um, so, and what'd you say? You can copy the link to the post and create a post, refer to the original post in the comment. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, 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 that's really, really good, really good point. We, we need to, I think that's what maybe, Flores, what we, in our interview, we need to talk about LinkedIn because there's so much stuff that's changed with LinkedIn recently. I feel like there's so much that we could chat about with that. Um, okay. So podcast etiquette. I'm actually a little bit excited to talk about it because I get to rant about the things that annoy me. Uh, so this actually is kind of related to this point that Floris and I are just chatting about now, which is around. So usually what a podcaster will do to promote the show is they'll have like clips, right? So that might have like an audiogram or a little video clip. And like, for me, I put that onto YouTube, um, or you could be embedded a bit in a bit and bit embedding it into the post um but sometimes what people do is they ask me for the clip and then they rebrand it so now this was partly my bad in the past because I didn't actually have a talent agreement release form or anything like that so I didn't probably manage expectations but this is also just good etiquette like if you're on someone's show the content is there content you are a guest on their show if you take that and then rebrand it without their their permission you're essentially stealing their content and they've gone to the effort of like cutting it up for you of having you on their show of sharing you your stuff with their audience and the whole point is that their show has a reputation so rebranding that snippet and putting it in as your own content is just like big big no-no um, it shouldn't have to be spelled out in my opinion, but I do make sure people know that now because I had, have had that issue in the past um, and people are like, I just didn't realise. But um, the, the whole point of doing all of this from the podcaster's perspective is trying to grow your show. So rebranding their promo materials is, is not something you should be, you should be doing. Um, don't go to a podcaster who isn't a good fit. So for instance, uh, I had someone trying to book in a guest recently and uh, they started telling me about the guests and I was like, look, is this going to go into like law of attraction stuff? Because like I should say law of attraction stuff. I'm like, I'm a scientist. I'm not going to talk to someone about, I'm not going to entertain that. Or I mean, sometimes what I'll do if I really disagree with someone, but they're like, let's have a debate. I'm like, that's fine. But I need to know that the guest is comfortable with me going, well, hang on a second, but that's actual BS, isn't it? Because of blah, blah, blah. I'm, I brand myself as a business scientist, right? So I'm not going to be someone looking for stuff that is pseudoscience. I'm not going to have that on my show. Um, yeah, thanks, Anastasia, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like I ranted about that a little bit too much, but <laughs> it really annoys me. Um, so don't go to a podcaster who's a good fit. Like don't go to a sports podcaster and pitch a business thing. I mean, that's kind of obvious, but also know enough about their show to know that, you know, what sort of angle they take on things um, and, and make sure that what you're talking about is going to fit and your sort of tone of voice is going to fit with them um, as well. Um, 
don't make the presenter look bad. I've heard about people doing this before. I've always had amazing guests, um, but <laughs> there are uh, people who sort of will put presenters in a difficult position um, just from simple things like, you know, correcting the presenter, like being over um, finicky about things or, you, you know, kind of just remember that that person has an audience that they're serving when they're talking to you. So um, don't, you know, obviously be yourself, but don't go out of your way to make that other person look bad, like, because that's, they're not going to want to have you back on their show. And if for other podcasters, it's going to also make you look like, oh, that, that person's a difficult guest. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go through that on my own show. That one should be pretty obvious. Um, okay. This is one that um, has come up recently for me and I, I can understand how this is happening, but be really, really aware of it. If you're on a business show, don't talk about politics. Um, one, usually a lot of podcasts go out to everyone, right? It's not within a particular country. Um, so if you're in America, I'm interviewing an Australian, you as an Australian, and you're talking about American politics on a business show, it just, it doesn't really fit. And I don't want to isolate my guests necessarily. So if the podcast is a political podcaster and they're asking your politics, that's fine. But if you're talking about something completely different, like marketing, and then you bring up like how you're, I don't know, pro-life or pro-choice or uh, for euthanasia or that you love Donald Trump or like you start bringing stuff like that's not stuff that a, a business podcast is going to be thinking about most of the time unless they talk about politics on their show. So generally just I would say <laughs> unless it relates to the topic you're talking about, um, it's very difficult to be put into that position as a podcaster. Um, and, you know, I, I guess this ties back to my first point, like don't go in blind about your interviewer. So if you've been doing a lot of podcasting, this probably doesn't apply to you anymore because if you're just used to being on shows, like you know how to adapt and you can have a quick chat beforehand and stuff. But otherwise, if you're first starting off and you want to be prepared, have a listen to the way that your um, podcaster, the podcaster interviews um, how they have a conversation because some podcasters will have a very like Q&A style podcast show where it's like they just ask you a question and then you answer and once you finish answering they'll be like I'm gonna ask you um, another question. Sorry I was just catching up on the the chat I just saw Floris's com comment uh, with correct appropriate tradition which the point Lauren made for his promotion yeah yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that, Floris. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't read that comment out very well. Sorry, I just went shit, 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 shit. That's how I read in my head. So, um, if you're going on a show where the person's quite conversational, uh, then and I'm I'm a com conversational interviewer. So my style is very much like, oh, that's an interesting point. Let me chat about that for a bit, and then throw it back to you. And a lot of podcasters will do that because they know that that's actually why their audience is listening, right? So people get a following because the the listeners like the host. That's that's the reason people will stay for a podcast. They might come to a particular episode because of the guest, but they'll stay listening to a podcast over time and over episodes because of the host. So 
a lot of podcasters realize that and they'll make sure that they're kind of adding their perspective throughout the interview. If you're going in and, and I, I have had guests like this and it's usually guests who are less experienced, they'll, and it, you know, it's fine. Like it's, it's a learning experience. It's not a problem, but just if you can know this, it's, it's better, right? Like if you're going on a show where someone is quite conversational, if you're kind of doing like, you're just talking and talking and talking and talking and you're not giving the podcaster a chance to kind of respond or the interviewer a chance to respond, uh, they're going to have to interrupt you or they're going to have to. So just, you know, kind of have like concise answers, um, have pauses, give the person the chance to kind of come back and talk to you and don't necessarily jump in straight away as soon as that uh, the other person starts talking. So wait until your next question because usually that this is what I found anyway those types of interviews listeners tend to like more than uh that kind of straight Q&A um style so follow be guided by the interviewer with that and if you listen to a few shows beforehand that's going to make babe there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie really my caramel frappe tastes fine nah something's definitely different no difference other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download a registration required. It's a lot easier to kind of do. Um, okay, I think that's it. How long did I go for? I've already been 30 minutes live streaming, chatting. Ah, this is fun. I, I'm loving doing these. I have to admit that I'm really enjoying it. I write these points like on the day. <laughs> I just go like, this is what I'm talking about today. And the time just flies. So I hope you found this useful as well. Um, I did want to finish this off by saying like, this is who, who I'm looking for on my show at the moment. So I'm always looking for guests. Um, the show's obviously called Grow Your Brand. And we're in season, well, it's sort of season three and season four. I kind of do two seasons at the same time. <laughs> so season three is SME evolution. So it's about small and medium enterprises, what they can do next to evolve, particularly, you know, during the recession, uh, during all this like turbulence around coronavirus, what can they do to move forward? Um, so even though it's a brand show, I take a very holistic perspective. I mean, I've had people talk about health on my show. I've had people talk about, you know, things that are outside of brand, but they come back to that. How do you build your reputation? How do you showcase what you do? Right. I'm also doing the seen and heard series. So with the seen and heard series, that's very much more focused on the reputation stuff. If you are um, a marketer, if you are a business consultant, if you are trying to build your, um, or showcase your work as a B2B thought leader in particular. Uh, it's okay. B2C is okay, but B2B is more where my audience and network are. Uh, reach out to me, send me a message. And uh, if you can rate and review my show, that would be awesome as well. Very much appreciated. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll be back in two weeks' time for another seen and heard live stream from me. Uh, but in the meantime, There'll be plenty of other content and um, lots of exciting interviews coming up as well. All right. Cheers, guys. See you later. Hello. You've made it to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure you did if you listened the whole way through. So like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you can share this with other people that you think would find this useful for getting on a podcast show every week, 
that would be great. And if you can head over to my Kofi page and shout me a cup of coffee for the work I put into this podcast, I'd really appreciate it. It's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you again soon. What's the copay for my eye exam? How much is my lens allowance? What kind of frames can I get? And most importantly, who accepts my vision insurance? Vision insurance can be confusing. Luckily, Pearl Vision can help you make sense of it. They offer a wide selection of state-of-the-art lenses and brand name frames. Plus, they work with all major vision plans, including iMed. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today.